0: Well, Melissa, we did it. We've had a forensics tournament in 2018. That's bonkers. We we went, we saw, you conquered. I, enjoyed, I mean, me individually did not conquer. I enjoyed seeing a lot of wonderful people.
1: So many lovely people. Uh, but so befo- many
0: hugs. Before we get into what happened yesterday at Port Washington, how have you been?
1: I have been all right. Uh, I was so ill for like a month Yeah, and I'm now officially on the other side, knocking on the wood of the table. Um, but yeah, just work has been kind of crazy cause my boss's daughter is getting married, uh, this coming weekend in Minnesota. So it's been a lot of me helping him do stuff, but I got to help him write his father of the bride toast last oh, week, which nice. was an absolute delight for me because he was having such a, str- he was struggling so hard and I, I had to remind him that you know, his personal assistant has 10 plus years of speech coaching experience that he could rely on if he'd like to, but yeah, just, I'm still trying to get into the rhythm of being a person who doesn't coach in her building, but also is not driving right now and doesn't have a car and figuring all of that out. So if any of you are telecoaches, which I know some of you who listen to the podcast are truly sincerely, please email me with all of your tips and oh, yeah. tricks and everything, because I am going to start doing it this week, hopefully. And I, I, I am scared.
0: When you are thinking of telecoaching, are you thinking they will send you recordings or it will be a live one-on-one session?
1: Both. But preferably it's going to be webcam sessions that we will do via the Skypes.
0: Cool. But... Yeah, with this week in particular, because it's finals at North and South, like I... I put up some practice times. I don't know if anybody's going to take advantage of them because they're usually like an hour and a half after school lets out, which is already inconvenient. But now with the final schedule, it's like two and a half to three hours after the school lets out. And so I think most kids are going to be like, no, I'm going to go. And I'm I totally get that. Yeah. Um, But that means there's no real forward movement between the first tournament and the second tournament. So, yeah, but we it's make okay. it work. We make but, it work. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Otherwise, doing, things have been good. doing some sort of online interaction would be nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: How has your life been?
0: My life's been really good. I mean, I I also got sick for a little while there.
1: But different it, sicknesses. It wasn't for totally
0: me. Totally different. Um, and, you know, it, that, it's tis the season that um, gave me some unexpected and probably much needed days off. Like, uh, but it also put me very behind on a lot of things. I missed some forensics practices. I missed days and days and days of recording for my audiobook stuff. Mm -hmm. So I am now way behind schedule there. uh, And I'm trying not to let that stress me out. Um, But, you know, it did allow me some time to just kind of sit. And I binged a lot of TV over the court. It's true. We
1: both did.
0: (laughs) Was it last weekend or the weekend before? I think it was the weekend before before that I was like way too sick to actually do anything. And I just sat and watched So much TV, but it was nice. It felt good. I enjoyed it.
1: Getting pop culturally caught up.
0: To a degree. My type of pop culture.
1: Yeah, our version of pop culture. I finally
0: got to watch the third season of Broadchurch, which I'm sure (laughs) the kids are just loving these days.
1: I mean, I finished the Mindy Project, so that's like a hip show. Mm -hmm. And I started Mindhunter, which is like topical. Right. I almost finished all of mine. I watched almost all of the Mindhunter season in one day, but it was mostly for Jonathan Groff.
0: Okay. So I won't go into what kind of TV. I yeah, watch, well, that's that another was,
1: thing. Maybe in one episode this season, if we really <laughs> don't care about, about talking about forensics, we're just going to talk about all the TV we've watched and that we watched during the forensic season to deal with our yeah. emotions.
0: But at this point, I'm not sick of forensics yet. So let's talk about what happened at the tournament. Excuse no,
1: me. Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, God. Back, As back, back it up. Our listeners okay.
0: will be able to hear in my voice the moment when I was like, oh crap, so, I'm getting a look.
1: One thing that I also have been doing that has been making my life wonderful and I've talked about on the podcast before is that I am an Olympics fanatic. I don't love sports, but I love the Olympics, which I know sounds confusing to some people, but just roll with it. And at the beginning of this month was the U.S. Figure Skating Championships. And I spent most of my day today watching videos from the Canadian National Championships of figure skating. And so something that Kurt is allowing us to do in the time leading up to the Olympics and during the Olympics is the Melissa's Olympic Minute. That's right. So Kurt is going to literally pull out a timer on his watch every week, and I'm going to get one minute to bloviate and fangirl or fan person about Mm -hmm. the Olympics.
0: And the reason we're doing this is because (laughs) if we did not put a time limit on it, ladies and gentlemen, it would
1: be the podcast of the podcast.
0: That's all we would talk about for an entire episode. So, all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Olympic minute begins now.
1: Things that you should do in order to be caught up on the Olympics. Please go into the YouTube space and watch the performance from the national champions in Canadian ice dancing, Uh, Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. They uh, are the champions, are the best ice dancers we really have ever seen in the entire United States. And they got a perfect technical score in ice dancing, which is very complicated to do. Also go in and watch both of the short and long programs from Adam Rippon, who is a men's skater who's representing us. Also go watch all of the girls who are going to the Olympics and because they are amazing. Kurt's actually giving me forensics time signals. And um, also, please start reading up about um, like the lesser known sports categories like uh, biathlon, which is where they ski and shoot guns at targets. <laughs> and it makes no sense. And it's not really a great skill, but it's super interesting to watch. And just it's a thing where there's always something in the Olympics for everyone to watch, even if you don't love sports. So if you ever want to talk about the Olympics at a tournament and like tell me your interest, I will recommend an Olympic sport for you to get into. That is Melissa's Olympic Minute.
0: Time.
1: I apologize if I there just, was, like, talked so fast that you could not hear anything I was saying. There was
0: so much less figure skating in that than I expected. I It's I expect,
1: the Olympic minute. I
0: expect future minutes to be full of figure skating.
1: Well, once we get more into people competing. Yeah. Like, like you the actual
0: Olympics. You only mentioned one male figure skater.
1: I know, but I am... I am an Adam Rippon stan. Okay. I love him. And his long program is so beautiful. You okay. said
0: one minute. Sorry. Next time.
1: Okay. Anyway, so back to what you were saying before. We remembered that we were doing the Melissa's Olympic Minute because he made a promise to me to cheer me up one day when I was set at work. <laughs> yesterday was Port Washington, and it also cheered me up because it, it was did. delightful. Like, the second I walked into the cafeteria yesterday morning to, like, walk with my kids to hand them out stuff... First of all, yeah, they were packed in there, but having all the kids in that small space, the energy in there just like physically woke me up. I just got very excited just like with the buzz in that room. I was like, it's for Red. Like that was the moment where yep. it officially felt like forensics season was walking into the cafeteria with all of the kids there.
0: It, yeah. I, uh, it was I'm good. Left. It was a fun day. It and was. like we kind of unexpectedly at the last minute ended up sharing a bus, which I think turned out to be a good thing. Um, Yeah. And I don't know. The whole thing was just like a really lovely experience. And part of it for me, like I I did not have my usual first day anxiety Mm -hmm. because usually for the first two or three tournaments of the year, I get so nervous about waking up on time on a Saturday that I can't sleep this year. I've been waking up super early to record in the mornings for my audiobook stuff. So I actually got to sleep in an extra 30 <laughs> minutes on Saturday. So I I had no nerves about that. So I had a good night's sleep. I felt well rested when I went to the bus. The bus was warm by the time mm-hmm. we got on it. Thank you to that bus driver whose name I did not get. He was not friendly. But he was He was not unpleasant, but he was not friendly. friendly. Um he will not be getting a Bus Drivers Club tote bag, which mm-hmm. I have sitting right over there. We're both gesturing, even though it you can't see. It will not happen. Um, and like, yeah, it's just like it started in such a nice way. Plus, Port Washington is so close that like the sun came up by the time we were like five minutes away from the school. Mm-hmm, which so never happened. It didn't feel like oppressively cold and awful like it does right now. Um, so like a lot of things conspired to just make the day feel really right. What didn't feel totally right for me was the preparedness of my team. And I mean, I bemoan this every year. I I never feel like they're as ready as they should be. We talk about it in October or November, whenever we end up starting, Mm -hmm. you know, do the work now. Otherwise, we end up those last weeks before competition and you're not going to be ready and we're just going to jam all the work in. Well, guess what happened? We jammed a lot of work in. Just this last jammed week. it in. But we also had a lot of new kids on the team who took the advice of their coaches and went to the tournament even though they didn't feel ready. Mm-hmm. And I am so proud of those kids because, as we have said to them um, many, many times, if you don't feel ready today, be honest with yourself. Are you going to be any more ready a week from today? Yep. No. Like you're gonna just put it off until next week when you're panicking and doing it at the last minute. So Why just panic and do it at the last minute now. Then you'll have something done. Plus, for all of those new kids, they finally got to see what forensics is. Mm-hmm. And I think they get it now. Yeah. So that was really important. And I loved getting to talk with them on the bus ride home about that. That they're like, oh yeah, no, now I get it. Now I know what I have to work on. So um not only to our kids who went out yesterday, but to every student who competed at Port Washington. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You're awesome. Whether you, you, whether you had a really great day as far as the scores showed or a really rough day as far as the scores showed, um, you did the right thing by being there and by putting yourself out there and by having something ready to go enough to put in front of a judge. And you got feedback. And that's important. So-
1: so motivational today, Kurt.
0: You know, but again, like there was something about yesterday that just felt good, except for the part where I was like. When the scores were coming in, that part didn't feel great, but you know what? There's got to be those teams, too. And uh, and I, I have confidence that this group will learn from what happened and they will they will improve as time goes on. Um, and I still I mean, and I do not mean this in a disparaging way. I still consider. Port Washington and uh, we go to Oshkosh next weekend. I still consider those like preliminary tournaments. Mm -hmm. In my mind, the season starts with Appleton East. That was the first tournament of the year when I was in high school. So these are um, what do sports people say? This is preseason games. Yeah, I'm real proud of that one.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: This is the preseason. Your husband
1: is so proud if he bothered to listen. He's
0: watching so much football lately.
1: (laughs) He made us watch it last night at dinner. (sighs) Like. What the heck? He purposely positioned himself at the table. Yeah, we like when we went to sit down, I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit next to Kurt. And then it was just like, oh, but John can't see the TV to watch the sports ball. <laughs> so then I had to move. Uh,
0: but, but you got to
1: hang out in the tab room. I did. With yeah. lots of lovely southern area people who and we don't normally get to hang out with. And Ben. And Ben. <laughs>
0: No, yeah, I had a really lovely time with Kelty Shellius and Shelly Yutke, who was running the tournament because it's Port Washington and that's her school and Barry Holloway. Um, and and like it was a small group because you don't need that many people to run a tournament anymore, yeah. which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and things really um, all the way through until final rounds were getting scheduled, things went really, really smoothly um, we had a little issue with trying to get judges in the right places for finals uh, when it's a small tournament. That means fewer judges. That means but as we were talking about yesterday in the car ride, um, fewer judge f- a small tournament means fewer bodies, which means fewer judges. But you still have the same number of categories and they still need three judges in the final round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that math sometimes is very hard when you're running a smaller tournament. Um, which Port Washington was smaller, though not, I wouldn't call it small. I would
1: not call it a small tournament. Yeah,
0: it was it was decent size. There's a lot, a lot of people who are ready to go. Yeah. at this point in the season. So yeah,
1: because while you were in the tab room, I was judging and being blown away by the level that some of these kids were already at at the very first tournament of the season. I got to judge the solo series power round, and there were my top three who were in there. I was like, this is like. Late February level of of good right now. Like one of those solo series performances. I'll talk. I'll talk more about it later when we talk about right, everything wow. we saw. But was just so good. And I've talked about this before. I I set my pen down just so I could enjoy it. Wow. Like I just wanted. Like I gave myself the ability just to be in the moment because it was just so good. And then once we finished the round, I turned to my adventure buddy of the day, Steve Schmidt, <laughs> and just who judged the power round with me, and told him I was. Like, pardon me. Like, as a judge, blown away, so excited. As a coach, I was so mad that they were that good already. Right? I was so <laughs> mad. I was like, what is your coach doing? How did you get here already? This isn't fair. And then go back to my kids. I was like, you're all disappointments. You're all embarrassing. Okay. Mean- Those
0: kids are so good. Meanwhile, one of your kids won solo humorous. So. It's true. That's a thing.
1: It is a thing. You know.
0: Um, so, yeah. Uh, congratulations to Sheboygan South for taking first place in medium team. Thank you. Um, and uh, it was it, I, th- I thought it was lovely that a lot of the success yesterday was spread out. I heard, it
1: was. I heard
0: so many different school names mm-hmm. being mentioned in the final round. So that was really, really nice. Yes. There was a lot of variety there. Um, I had some returning kids make it to the finals for the very first time. So exciting. And that was really exciting to watch them be successful because mm-hmm. you can see that they're applying what they've learned from previous years. And now they're putting it into good work. Um, you had a bunch of people power, were they mostly returners? Did you have, some no, newbies? I had,
1: I had so many newbies who powered for the first time who leading up to yesterday were insanely nervous. And then on their critique sheets, people are just giving all this feedback about like, you're obviously so confident in this. Like you act like you've been doing this for forever and all this stuff. And I was like, guys, okay, maybe I'm not that embarrassed. You're not that much
0: of a disappointment.
1: <laughs> people are impressed with you and that's all I need. Yeah. But and then, yeah, it was there's just also like teams that we don't normally get to see on a regular basis. Like we don't get to see Sussex Hamilton and Milwaukee School of the Arts or right. those sorts of people that often because we compete so northern and we're going to be so northern for quite some time yeah. now.
0: Like we won't have a chance to see Steve or Amy or Barry yeah. or any of our other friends from Milwaukee for for a little bit. Well, probably I, we not are going really until West, West Bend.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll see about West, we'll
0: West Bend. So.
1: But that and that tournament feels fast though. Yeah. So who knows. Right. But it was nice to see them. I, I I never get to really hang out with Steve Schmidt because I normally really only see him in his tournament. Mm -hmm. So I just spent most of the day bullying him like an annoying little sister. And it was great.
0: Do you have a fun story about Steve Schmidt?
1: Oh, my God. Am I allowed to tell that story on the podcast?
0: I think you have to. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this may be the closest thing we ever get to an explicit rating. But this this is a good story. Okay, fine. He's
1: he's listening to this right now and getting so nervous. And that alone is worth what worth it. So I was joking with Kurt last night about how I. My best thing that I saw yesterday was not a performance that a student gave, although in reality it was. It was the fact that I made Steve Schmidt blush for the first time ever because he was sitting at a table, kitty corner two hours in the judge's lounge area, and they had trail mix on all the tables. And for like 10 minutes, I was telling them, I'm just going to start throwing this trail mix at Steve. I need, But I'm, I'm like worried about my aim. So I, I took a moment, I grabbed a peanut, threw it, hit him right in the face. He picked that peanut up, threw it at me, and it hit me directly in the boob. So in order to, you know, just lean into the Little Sister Poking her Big Brother dynamic that we were building, I just said in my most commanding voice, and am not going to yell into the yeah, microphone. Yeah, thank you. I'm
0: wearing headphones.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, Steve, why are you throwing your nuts at my boobs? And then he just turned the most beautiful shade of red. His assistant coach Rain is losing her mind and then he just, tr- she tries to turn away from me as if he doesn't know that I'm talking to him. So obviously I just had to repeat it again louder for which he turned more red and he told me that I was awful and it was great. And then 15 minutes later we got assigned to the same power round. <laughs> and it was Karma. delightful but yeah it was just nice to. i just enjoy steve he's a, he's a great character And i feel like he doesn't introduce himself to other people in the wfca so if y'all don't know who steve schmidt is like make him hang out with you because yeah. he's great he is a golden retriever puppy who got his wish to be a human man and he has wife and beautiful children and mm-hmm. i love to make fun of him so yeah. thanks steve
0: but in like a fun way. But in a fun way yeah. because
1: I respect him. He has an incredible program. He's a well-respected educator. His kids like both like biological and team-wise adore him. Like mm-hmm. I see them interacting with him in the hallways. He's great. So he needs his I need to bring him down a couple of notches every once in a while. <laughs> but um you actually got to judge one round yesterday. So you do have a best thing you saw. Yeah. So I'll let let us tell Let you tell us what the best thing you said yesterday was. I
0: got to jump in for final rounds uh, because we were looking for judges and I got to judge special occasion speaking. And I will say, like, overall, again, like the quality of that round was higher than I expected it Mm -hmm. to be for the very first week. Um, I have some qualms with the content, but I did see a really, really lovely special occasion speech by Mary Baumgartner, who ended up taking first place in the category. Um, I believe she is from Arrowhead. Um, So congratulations to her. Um, She just gave this really wonderful um, uh, tribute to an ancestor where she talked about her grandma. And here's the thing, because we've had this conversation and this debate on special occasion before. Mm -hmm. What she said. All the stories she told could be, for all I know, completely made up. (laughs) There's. There's no no way for me to verify whether this girl is telling me stories about her life that are legitimate. But she wrote a speech that lived in the real world and convinced me it was real for her. Like, that was the power of special occasion speaking. She wrote a really nice speech, had lovely anecdotes. Whether they were real or not, there was emotional investment from her audience. And she made me feel something for her and for her great-grandmother that she was talking about.
1: Grounded in reality, guys. Yeah. that's all we need.
0: Really, there were only two of those speeches in that round. (laughs) Um, The rest, if people are keeping track, uh, maybe we can have people start reporting to us if you judge Mm -hmm. final rounds and special occasion. Uh, You know, let us know how many of them are based in real life and how many of them are uh, what I would call a very inventive concept. (laughs) I use that word a lot on my critique. Inventive this concept. This is a very inventive concept, um, but it, it doesn't live in the real world. Nobody in real life is ever going to give this speech, though it may be entertaining and funny and interesting. It's not living in the real world. So, mm-hmm. But Mary Baumgartner in special occasion. Best thing I saw this week, she went on to win special occasion.
1: So my problem is, is that I wrote notes on a scrap of paper and then I left it in the Port Washington Library, which if someone found it probably just looks like gibberish. But the best thing I saw yesterday, as I mentioned before, was in my solo series final. It was a student who ended up taking first place. And they were incredible. (laughs) It was one of those things where the piece isn't necessarily one of those super overdramatic uh, things. And they didn't necessarily do a lot of like the really cheesy stuff that happens in solo series sometimes. But everyone in that room... There was one moment where I looked around at the audience and the judges and we were all leaned forward. Like we were physically engaged in their performance and I was there for it. The first thing I wrote on the critique sheet in the positive aspect, aspects of performance, I am so mad that I have to fill out this critique sheet because all I want to do is enjoy your performance. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't completely polished. There's still room for polish. There's still room for improvement. But I was just so there for it. Oh, Kurt pulled up the speech wire thing for me. It is Ryan Galloway from Port Washington. So thank you, Ryan. You're, and I, and I after the tournament, like, stop and thank them because I just had to. And then Steve also made fun of me because for their key factor in rank, I just wrote thank you really big. Because almost because <laughs> sometimes a performance is yeah. so good. You want to thank the student. For he, they were so committed. They were so involved. They obviously really cared about their piece, and so I just wanted to thank them for putting themselves out there in such a way that I got to enjoy the performance. So
0: awesome! And I have to say, Ryan is the reaction to awards that I liked the most Aww. yesterday. And we've talked about like which ones I like, but like, yeah, when they seem genuinely surprised, but also like jazzed about it, and a little bit humble, and then like excited. Yeah, that's what I love to see.
1: We like those emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I love, I love to see somebody who's happy to win. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which we
1: saw a good amount of yesterday. Exactly.
0: So that was Port Washington.
1: Yep. Next week, we move on to Oshkosh North. Yep. Um, and I am excited because now we get to see our Northern friends. I get to We get to see Mariah and all sorts of folks from up there. Oh, one more thing I want to do. Even though I don't think he listens to the podcast, I'm just going to give a shout out to the new coach at St. Lawrence, Martin Vu who took over that program and he was so great yesterday with his kids and he was so nice. And so just new coach shout outs. I'm going to try to do them more often. Oh, I
0: like that new coach shout outs. As hey, a program coaches. assistant chair. Yeah. I, I did not get to interact with Martin at all, but I'm, I'm happy Somebody's there to lead St. Lawrence cause they are, they're a great program. Yeah. So,
1: but it was just, it was, he was like one of the coaches who I've been talking to via email in my role as program assistant chair, who I got mm-hmm. to meet in person. So I look forward to the season going on, meeting more of them and more of you. If you're listening to the podcast, And yeah, we'll try to shout them out more often. Please
0: come introduce yourselves if you listen and we haven't actually talked.
1: Yeah, that like, please, it's not weird at all. Like, it's kind of weird, but like. It's weird
0: for all of us. You know what is weird is walking into a tournament and seeing somebody wearing your merch. That was fuck that was, wild. That was oh. so crazy. Like weird, but in a great way. Oh, yeah. So, so Dave Harper comes walking into the judges
1: lounge. I'm just sitting with Amy Geyser at a table and I'm pretty sure that I physically put my hand up in front of her mouth to stop her talking <laughs> and then just yelled across the lounge. Hey, Dave, I like your sweatshirt. Because it's also bright red. So I was just like, your branding and marketing is on point for us. Thank you. I loved it. I loved it. So so, thank you, Dave. It was was, so so cool. Okay. All right. Okay. We're done. Do the whole episode of the voices. (laughs) I don't want to. I I can't. All right. Speaking of voices. Yeah. Kurt, (laughs) you should tell us about how you as a coach are now getting coach yeah. which is crazy
0: I want well I wanted to talk about this because I had this crazy experience this week. Um, on Friday I had my first coaching session with my audiobook narrator coach. Um, his name is Joel Leslie from Ken, and he's narrated over a hundred audiobooks and he's kind of known for his dialect work and for really like bringing scripts to life and they're more like plays on a book rather than you know just like somebody reading. Um, and he's done a lot of work in the male, male romance genre. And I really wanted to get his input on that. And he also just seems to really like have his act together, Mm -hmm. uh, with like the social media and the online presence. So I kind of, I reached out to him and I was like, do you do any coaching? Because I need all the advice I can get. Yeah. And you can't go through any career without getting some sort of feedback, but Mm -hmm. especially if it's performance based. Yeah. And I know that because I have my background in in doing this. And I know the importance of getting feedback and, and having coaching. And all of that being said, when the time came to actually do it, I was terrified.
1: So cute.
0: It was the scariest thing I've done in a long time. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because what it did for me in those moments was remind me to have a little more empathy for the students that we coach because it's so easy to forget what that feeling was when we were in high school and we had to go do our pieces in front of somebody whose job it is not to just like I mean not to I say not to just build us up because like it's their job to critique us to give Mm -hmm. us truly honest feedback and i've always thought that it's one of the greatest gifts that we can give to students to just be really honest with them and i stand by that i had just forgotten how hard that can be to hear sometimes
1: yeah
0: um and it never never goes without some positive aspect of performance and, mm-hmm. and, and you know my coach is, is very good at it. Um, he made sure to say some nice things about what I was doing, but was honest about what I can do better and what I can improve on and gave me some techniques to work on and think about and ways to approach things differently. Um, and those are all things we do as we coach. Um, in fact, I was, I was going through the coaching session and about halfway through, I was just being really bothered by the fact that like the way this guy is talking reminds me of somebody so much. And I was trying to figure out who he reminded me of. It was something in like the timber of his voice that just like the way he was saying something that I needed to hear, but wanted to make sure he chose the right word so he didn't offend. And I realized this guy sounds like me. (laughs) He sounds like he's reminding me of me and the way I talk to a student. And my whole world just was like, like the I visual like,
1: with that was really good like guys
0: i i am like i li- like this the script has been flipped and here i am getting coached and i was like who boy this is what the kids feel like wow i don't like it <laughs> i don't like, it. It, don't does, like it? it it doesn't feel good to have somebody tell you when you're not doing something right and, and that's what it is. Like when you're not doing something right, when there's a way you can do it better. And of course, everything is subjective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, regardless of whether you want to hear it, regardless of whether you know it will make you better in the long run, in the moment, it's unpleasant. So I, I wanted to make sure I shared that experience and that I gave kudos to our kids who do that so often. And it helped me to remember as I approach my kids and and ask why they don't practice with me more, how hard it is to ask them to do that. Yeah. Because I had reached a point where I didn't understand their hesitance anymore. And this was a great reminder of I totally get why they are hesitant because it is harder to do that in front of somebody whose job it is to tell you what you're doing wrong than it is to get up on stage and perform. I've never stopped performing. I've Mm -hmm. never stopped getting up in front of people who can judge me. I've been in lots of plays and musicals where there's a director there to correct me, but I'm not by myself. There's lots of other variations on what we do, but it's something very specific to be one-on-one with somebody for the very purpose of finding out what you're doing wrong. And it is really tough on the ego, but it's also so important. And so kudos to the kids who do that um, coaches who are coaching. If you were where I am, which was a little you had forgotten what that feels like. First of all, find some way to get coached. Um, a lot of us have, you know, job coaching and, and stuff like that, but find some way to get coached on something performance based and just have that experience again, because it, it really opened my eyes in a new a renewed way. Um, But also just coaches, keep in mind what that feels like. And I'm 33 and that was tough for me. My emotions, I know when I was 15, 16, 17, were a lot harder to control and understand. And the fear that comes with getting up in front of your coach and speaking, I get it now in a way I haven't for a very long time. So have have patience with those young people, um, have them listen to this if they want, because at the end of the day, the message is still the same. I wouldn't change anything I had to say to my students. It's still so important to have that experience, but I totally get why it's nerve wracking. It's a scary thing to do, but it's the only way you will grow. It's essential.
1: If your experience was a flavor of humble pie, what flavor would it be?
0: Um there was a lot of rhubarb in it.
1: Okay. Because it okay. was it was real tart. Real, it tart? Was real tart. Okay.
0: Yeah. It was maybe like a raspberry rhubarb. Okay. Cause like it was like the sweetness just wasn't coming through. It mm-hmm. wasn't enough to balance the tartness of that pie.
1: But you ate every and the, bite. And the
0: crust was soggy.
1: Oh, you had a soggy bottom.
0: Soggy bottom. It was a bad bite? Yeah. Oh. So. Uh but it was and you know. It's still pie. It's still pie. <laughs> it's still pie. You still do it. Yeah. So
1: it, that was... it's a good, it's a good reminder, especially to have at the beginning of the season when, when you're still trying to feel out you like your new students and you're still trying to build. That's one of the hardest things. And I think one of the more frustrating things and a thing that can chase kids away from a team is not being able to build that trust level with a coach quick enough. And and in order to be able to build that, you do have to sort of remember like they're scared. <laughs> Right. Right. And you need need to remember why they're scared. Well,
0: and the the other thing about coaching and, you know, you have a limited amount of time, like I schedule sometimes like 30 minute sections with kids. I had an hour long session with my coach. And so in order for him to do what I'm asking him to do, what I'm paying him to do, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first thing was basically a list of like, okay, I've checked out your website and your social media and here's 20 things you need to change and do better that's tough, you know, but imagine how many times we do that with kids yeah, where I just it's like, write a okay, list of stuff you did
1: bad, right?
0: Especially with our kids, Yeah. because it's, that's what they're there for. And we have a limited amount of time and I want them to get better. So oftentimes they do their piece. I know I only have, you know, 22 minutes left and I just start ticking off the things that need to get mm-hmm. better. Um and I don't, I'm not saying that's even wrong. I'm not saying there's any other way to do it. Yeah. But it's a part of the, the contract we have with those kids. I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of negative. Yeah. I am going to be somebody in your life who tells you a lot of negatives mm-hmm. um, in the hopes that we will get to a point where I can just say all of that work paid off. You are better now than you have been ever before. And I'm so proud of the work that you've done. Because it's a journey that we're going on together, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if I get better now, it will be because of my experience with Joel. And I hope that he can take some some joy in that. As I take joy in working with students.
1: And I look forward to you giving us all updates about it. Because oh, of- hell
0: no. I'm never talking about this again. No, it's you
1: terrible. have to. Oh. oh, you have to keep us updated. And you were just, that it's was so, so endearing.
0: Embarrassing to be so. He was asking me questions about like motivation and character. And I was like. This is so bad because I ask these questions to my kids all the time yeah. and I'm so guilty of not thinking about it now. Well,
1: I am sure that I will have our audience on my side in getting you to keep us updated about how this is going, because I am intrigued.
0: Maybe every once in a while I'll bring it up.
1: Great. I'm not saying every week, but like maybe <laughs> once a month, we'll, once, once Melissa's Olympic Minute is over, we'll have Kurt's coaching corner. Okay.
0: As long as it's alliterative,
1: obviously.
0: All right, okay. But we're
1: back on schedule now. Mm-hmm. This, this, we're we're back weekly. Fingers crossed. Um, if you have things that you want us to talk about on the podcast, because we're we're fifty episodes deep in the existence of forensic spaces, and I've been around for like what thirty of them, thirty plus of these things. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things we've already talked about. But if there are topics that you know that we haven't touched on yet, or things you want us to revisit. Listen at ForensicsFaces.com is our email. Comment yep. on this post on Facebook. Reach out to us on Twitter. Or if you see us at a tournament, just step on. I'm doing a very weird pantomime for walking.
0: I was going to say, if somebody <laughs> actually walked up to me like that, I'd be concerned.
1: <laughs> I would be. I would just do it back at him. I think it was a thing we my, were doing together. My phone
0: was out, and I would have 9-1 already, <laughs> already dialed.
1: And ready to go? But just let us know what you want to want hear, because we're we're... I mean, part of this is just us doing it to talk to each other. We talk to each other every day. <laughs> so we also are doing this for the benefit of what you guys would like us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to do some more to Taboo episodes this season. And we want there are more topics we want to talk about there. Also, if there are people you want us to reach out to to interview, we have a few feelers out right now for people we want to talk to us and do more. Yeah, like last and week's horrible,
0: <laughs> it was so horrible good. torture it was so good. for
1: Jerome.
0: Here's the other thing, too. Like, if you have somebody you'd like us to interview, um, also, please reach out to that person and let them know that they might get contacted by us. Oh, yeah. Otherwise,
1: it's super weird, guys. Exactly.
0: I've had some people recommend folks and they're really good recommendations. But then I reach out and those folks are they have no idea who we are because there are still many, many, many people in the world who do not listen to oh, podcasts? We have, we have no, yeah. Mm-mm. So, uh, and and we would love to to have their perspective, as we we got with Jennifer Jerome and Adam Jacoby so in the last few weeks. Who um, sometimes it's just nice to have another voice in mm-hmm. the room uh, yeah. to say things that we haven't articulated as well as they could, or to share perspectives that we don't have and experiences that we don't have.
1: Someone else to make eye contact with, so I'm not just looking at the whale and the dog wearing the glasses. Yeah. You know.
0: And I'm not looking at the skeleton and the conch shell. <laughs> God, but they're so well arranged.
1: So beautifully so arranged. Well arranged. Just suppose, so I, tasteful. I suppose I should
0: have said the picture of my godson.
1: Nope. I like nope. The skeleton. Skeleton for sure.
0: Front of a David Sedaris book. I'm sure you all know which one it is.
1: Hey.
0: All right. So th- thanks, thanks so much for listening, guys.
1: We're back and- at it as regular podcast people now. But... Tell us what you want us to talk about. We're going to brainstorm a little bit after we're done recording, but like also probably just going to watch Will and Grace. So, you know.
0: (laughs) Forensics Faces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find more info, including a link to purchase official Forens of the Pod merch, at ForensicsFaces.com and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Forensics Faces. I'm Kurt
1: and I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think and speak,
0: preferably in that order.